This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number 51. This episode features my good friend Crash. Crash is a longtime Bushwick resident. Um, he's toured the world both playing in drum, playing drums in bands uh, both based in L.A. and New York, which we talk about in the episode. Um, and then also for his other job, he has become somebody who gets to travel for much of the, wor- much of the year throughout the world um, doing audio and visual work, um, which works out well for him because he has developed a love of travel. Just over 50 episodes in for me, and um, there's some things I need to assess and readjust. Um, One of them being just scheduling and organizing this thing a little bit more. I was on the road a lot over the last week, um, and then I had some technical difficulties. So sorry that I didn't have a Thursday episode last week. Um, I'm going to work on that and get it back going. I also have an idea for a new uh, Thursday show, which might be a little bit of a different format, but I'll let you know about that as it happens. Um, In any case, this is Crash. Let's have a conversation. All right. I think think we're here, man. We're here. (laughs) We are here, I think. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're, We're doing this. Yes, indeed. That's cool. How you doing, Crash? Doing well, Alec. I'm doing, uh, yeah, doing well. Little uh, errands today and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me how you came to New York. Ah, well, um, first I, I moved to uh, L.A. with a band from Vancouver, and I was there for about 10 years. And doing... You were in L.A. for 10 years? Or... Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. We did sort of that, you know, one for one or all for one, one for all sort of thing and moved into an apartment in West Hollywood and two of us in each bedroom sort of thing. And, you know, yeah, it was a fun time. And then uh, I guess like towards the end of that, I was in a relationship and it was kind of ending. And a friend of mine who'd been who was the singer in that band that I'd moved to L.A. with. Uh, had been out here for a couple of years, and a buddy of his was uh, had just released an album and was doing a tour, and he was like, maybe you should, like, you'd be perfect to go play drums with him. Maybe you should check that out. And so, so I ended up doing that and um, came out, and, and uh, I was kind of doing a back and forth between L.A. and New York for a while. And then, um, yeah, and then eventually just uh, ended up, you know, I was out here more often, so I just decided to finally kind of bite the bullet and move after sleeping on couches for a while. <laughs> what were the names of the two different bands? Well, so the first one was uh, kind of a rockabilly, psychabilly band called the Rattled Roosters, and then the second one was Lowry. So, yeah, so uh, it's been an interesting, uh, interesting run over the last bunch of years. And um, do you are you still playing? With any bands that currently, I mean, yeah, I play with uh, I play with Steve Waite, um, but um, mostly we're those are just uh, uh, European tours, that kind of thing. Kind of, uh, you know, I think now um, 
music for me and and drumming anyway has become something that I get to do for fun and that I don't you know I don't really I don't have like a an agenda with it like I might have had years ago um so which is kind of liberating you know it's like you now it's now it's just like I just do it because it's a blast and and it's great to be able to play with guys that I like and and that such I think that's an interesting um the work life balance when you're living in New York and if you're going back and forth from LA and New York like it comes up a lot like uh my little brother's in New York um he just got on one of the UC one of the UCB Herald teams in Hollywood Mm. um so I'm, I'm proud of him that's cool yeah um but the one thing that I do, like, cause, and like, I was out there this last January visiting him cause he was on the, the mess hall version of that. And I was like, I got to check that. That's kind of like the step right before, I don't know if you're familiar with UCB. Yeah. I don't know about their steps and stuff, but I, I do know UCB really well. Yeah. You know? yeah. So the Herald teams, those are like the thing that that's like the ultimate thing as part of UCB okay. to be on, you know, before you go off and do Saturday Night Live right, and stuff like right. that. That's, that's kind of ask. Yeah. within UCB. That's like the ultimate. So is it kind of like a school? Is that how that works? Yeah. Okay. So UCB, um, like I'm, I'm talking from secondhand knowledge, but right. um, yeah. uh, UCB was started by like Tina Fey and some of her contemporaries, but she was one of the main ones. Right. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. And that's was, upright was citizens TV? brigade for now. I'm like, am I getting that right? Was it Tina Fey or Amy Poehler? I might be getting this all wrong, mm. but anyway, <laughs> one of the, so that, that kind of era, we can edit that later um, or check Google. No, I'll, I'll keep it real. You know all what right. I mean? I'm going off the top of my head. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but basically they started it. Uh, damn it. Hold on. This is not going to be edited out. <laughs> Off to a great start. Yeah, no, we're doing good. There no. we go. <clears throat> but you know, no, it's it's real life. No, no editing. I like that. Necessary. No, that's, that's um, good. Things happen. So yeah. that was a real moment there. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not sure what it was. was that the heater, uh, the AC. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, right, yeah. the the climate control. You know, mm. um, in yeah. the state of the art. Be good if we can. State of the it. art <laughs> studio under the rack shack. Yeah. You know, Brooklyn. <laughs> um, it's very Bushwick right now. Very. Yeah, it's a work in progress. Yeah, um, I like it though. You know, yeah, yeah, no, I like it. It's authentic. Yeah, I like this this table as well. That's a, that's a that's a different thing than I would expect at most studios. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's anyway, a tiny sorry. desk. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah, they started it. They were like with the old school, like it was like Second City and some of those old school things. And there were other. Something called like the Improv Olympics. Right. Basically, they wanted to start something new, um, kind of more geared towards that type of like improv and stuff that you see on SNL and some of those things. So kind of like people who grew up watching like the Bill Murray, you know, the original SNL and stuff. Yeah, right. Those people then creating the next school that comes after the people, because those people came out of like Second City and stuff also. Yeah. Which that's like uh, Canada slash yeah Canada Chicago. I don't, yeah, not, I was always confused with that because you know SCTV was big in Canada, and you know I remember all those those actors Rick Moranis and you know Dave Thomas and all those guys that went on to Martin Short. Martin Short. Yeah, you know, I I would imagine that uh, 
I think John Candy might have. John yeah. Candy was definitely, yeah. Eugene Levy. I mean, just a ton of ton of people. Yeah. Um, Catherine O'Hara, some other folks too. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically, so I don't know what the drama, you know, what the the drama over the old school of thought was. But, you know, we need new, fresh ideas. Like, yeah. That's, those are good things. So they right. started UCB. Um, and then that's become kind of the, that's the leading. There's a lot of great comedy schools in New York also, like improv schools, uh, the pit, um, people's improv. So that's the same thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but there's a number of different places in New York. Uh, but anyway, what I was going to say is I really liked LA this last time I was there. Yeah. And it reminded me of Brooklyn in some ways because there's like a pretty good food scene now and like with Uber you don't have to rent a car when you're out there. That's changed everything. My brother does not like I think he drove down there with a car and then quickly figured out oh if I spend 200 bucks a month Uber everywhere it's like comparable to like getting an MTA card here yeah where you're gonna have to take cars sometimes anyway because the train breaks down you know yep yeah totally um but yeah i think that changes the feel when you don't have to think about parking driving and the logistics with that it's just i'm just gonna well and drinking exactly like in a huge way i mean i you know when i was living there i uh, was less so when i was in west hollywood but but i spent a good amount of that time um over in mar vista like close to venice beach and like you know, most of the time I would just kind of go out around there. But at, at the time, like, you know, if you had to get to Hollywood or something and you wanted a drink, well, that was going to be like, you know, a hundred dollar cab or well, not a hundred bucks. But, you know, by the time you're there and back, it's going to be at least a hundred bucks. And, yeah, you know, at the time I certainly couldn't afford that. So, um, yeah, so Uber's changed everything in that regard and it's made it a lot a lot easier and yeah you don't necessarily have to rent a car i don't i don't usually do that anymore anyway either you know um but uh um yeah what was the where were we i think i was just talking about new york and la yeah Um, well it's interesting too like what you say that uh, you know i've noticed i've noticed some changes out there for myself that have made me kind of like yeah i don't know if i want to if I'd want to go, I've been, you know, I just, I hate the winter here a lot. Yeah. So I'm always trying to escape it. And I feel like, you know, I've been kind of yammering about wanting to get out of New York for a few years. It's tough to do. Cause like I have a good location where my place is and you know, you have friends and family and so on, but I'm, I'm gone a lot anyway, but it's just like, you know, to, to up and move 10 years of a life is not, it's not always that easy anyway, you know? I haven't done it yet, like left New York, like moved away. Yeah. I have some friends who have recently. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like it was a couple of friends. Um, one of them's like, both of them I've known like at least one or both of them. Yeah, no, both of them I've known since like high school at least. At least like briefly. Um, yeah. And uh, both of them lived in New York for a good chunk of my time here. Like my, when I was first came to New York, they were pretty much here at the same time. Right. Um, and both have like moved away, both married now. Um, like both, I know both couples, you know, that's what I'm saying. And, uh, both of them, like I knew that Andre and Jen, cause they just left last year. 
and they went to Boston because he's a doctor mm-hmm. and got an opportunity to do some further surgeon doctor residency. I don't understand how long you're in school and not in school <laughs> and you are a doctor, but you're still doing it's your research strange, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. so anyway, so at Harvard. Right. Um, and like Andre, you know, as a black man, wasn't super excited about Boston, nor am I. I did go visit them. And still feel the same way. It's like a nice city, but I don't know why I would move there. Right. Yeah. Although it does seem like there's some cool things. Um, yeah. I, Boston's a weird one. I, I've I, there's some things I like about it, but because it, it, it is basically, it feels like a big college town. Yeah. And that can be okay, but I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I don't really. You like know. if I were to go and try to get it like somehow have the opportunity to get a PhD at one of those great schools there. That's why I would be there. Right. Yeah. Otherwise I don't know why I would <laughs> yeah, that's be there. fair. Yeah. And not, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. but anyway, the, and they did like it, but they missed the hell out of New York. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my other friends moved back to Seattle and I hadn't seen them for a few years and they were recently here and we got to talk and they're like, yeah, we like, our life back home, but it's different than it was when we were growing up. Right. And now that we're here visiting New York, man, like I really like there's, I feel like New York is tricky because I don't think there's anywhere quite like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, so, agreed. You, you, you'd have to, you know, there's a lot of price you pay for that. Yeah. That's, that's very but, true. But it's, there's, for everything that's bad about it, there are some things that are really fucking cool about New York. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and, and it's been nice to see, you know, over the last bunch of years. And excuse me, not not that it, not that necessarily like it ever went away, but it's been great to see a lot of like DIY kind of new things, underground kind of stuff starting up in all sorts of different scenes, from you know music to art, but. I feel like uh, I feel like the art scene is kind of coming back around in a way that that uh, it, it sort of wasn't at, at a certain point. But I, you know, I don't know. It's it's uh, that side of it's really interesting. There is that thing that's always here. I mean, I have a, a lot of love for um, a few other places in the around the world. I don't know anywhere in. I mean, that's even around the world that we really would be compare, comparable to New York. Um, it's just different. But, uh, you know, like Berlin is an amazing city, one of my favorites in the world. Um, and uh, and I like London a lot. Um, and then, you know, there's, I don't know, all kinds of other crazy, like <laughs> Tel Aviv's an amazing place. You know, there's a lot of different different spots. They're all different, though, you know. Well, I wonder what it was, but when you moved here... That, like, what was it between the two? You know, what was the decision to kind of, what drew you? Honestly? Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, the decision was, well, it seems like I'm going to be spending a lot of time playing with this band and doing all that. And I've been out here uh, so much. Like, it wasn't so much that I really wanted to move here. It just felt like that was the logical logical move. And it was a nice kind of, just a clean break from okay now i'm delineating this is now my time and you know uh, in 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 a new chapter kind of yeah in a way yeah yeah um so so and and that's kind of like one of the weird things to that's been kind of 
strange to struggle with because there's parts of like being here that are really like, you know, the weather in the winter. That's a, I lived in, you know, I grew up in Canada, but you know, New York or Vancouver winters are pretty mild generally. But then I lived in Southern California for 10 years and that just spoils you for weather anywhere. So, you know, but now it's, it's kind of interesting because I'm, I'm traveling most of the time. Um, I don't, you know, I think, I think for me, it's sort of like, I, I feel like I want to have my, my at home life just be a little bit more removed from the city, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and which wouldn't be to say that I wouldn't be in the city all the time. I can't, I can't imagine like, you know, leaving New York and then never, not being I'm back here all the time, you know, like, cause yeah. there's, there's work here and there's friends and there's all that. And it, I, there'd that's, certainly be a, that's uh, actually sort of my goal, I think. Um, cause I love the city, but I came here to do certain things right? and I haven't done them. I mean, I've done, I've done some of them, <laughs> yeah, but, I like feel that not, way too, yeah. but not all of them. And I want to be able, and not all of them have to be done here, but I feel like overall the things that I want to do, it's more possible to do them. Like the opportunities are just greater here. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the, definitely. the, opportunity that they'll if you rise i feel like the thing here is like if you rise to the challenges that new york puts before you sometimes you're gonna get your ass whooped Mm -hmm. but mostly if you rise to the challenges and especially if it's something you're striving to like do i feel like the challenges that you're presented with um if you face them and struggle through them the payoff is like greater, like the thing yeah. you're trying to do becomes greater. Yeah. I think you, you, uh, you, it forces tend you to, to work harder at it. Yeah. 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 You tend to learn a lot. And especially like, you know, if it, if it doesn't work out the way you're hoping, at least like what you get out of it is, you know, a, a, a kind of a new approach and understanding what you're not going to do next time. Or, uh, I don't know. And there's always, there's always value in just the exercise of failure. Too, yeah, there is. You know? It's hard. It's hard to, t- it's hard to deal with, but yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's, it can be a, a powerfully transformative thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know. think I would love to get to a point in my life and like my aspirations where I could live somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And still be able to come regularly and work here too. Yeah. Like that's, I think, I would love to eventually have a long distance relationship with New, with York, New York that I visit regularly. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 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 It's kind of interesting because I, I was thinking about that too. There's, you know, all sorts of thoughts I've had over the last few years and like I'm contemplating a move to London at least, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I travel a lot anyway, so anywhere that I'm going is going to be kind of, uh, the idea is a home, is a home base anyhow, you know. Um, so I think, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Um, just that it, it seem it, it would seem very weird to like leave New York and then not be back here for, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's sort of, you know, too much of my life has been here to some degree for, uh, for the last while. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I still go visit LA and I think this would be <laughs> the same kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got, you know, certain projects and things that I'm still involved in here too, a little bit. So, yeah. So what are you up to also these days, I guess, besides 
besides music, what's your other? Well, I, I sort of fell into, um, uh, audio and video production years ago. And, uh, it was just a way to make a little bit of extra money while I was, you know, being a drummer. And, um, you know, as you know, music is challenging financially. So, you know, so I needed something else to kind of pay the bills a little bit. And, and I, I kind of fell into it. A friend of mine was like, Hey, you want to help load trucks? And, you know, this was in LA. And then I, uh, that kind of turned into going and helping with like wedding and bar mitzvah bands and stuff. And, you know, starting to learn sound, sound engineering. Um, but when I got to New York, and I had done some part-time work out there. And then when I got to New York, I started uh, looking for freelance work doing that so that I'd have something to kind of also pay the bills while I was, uh, while I was touring and whatnot. And, um, and then it, over the years, it kind of became something, A, that I really enjoyed and that I started to get to do what I, what I wanted to do with it, which was um, be able to be on travel show, like road shows and that kind of thing. Not, uh, like jobs that would be traveling you know, out of town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's been awesome about it is that I've been working mostly with a same group of people. There's like, you know, a few of us, it's all freelance, but you know, we have some people that we, you know, we find we're generally working together and who have become, you know, really some of my closest friends so a lot of the work now is kind of like, well, I get to go somewhere cool and hang out with my friends, and then there's also work. But everybody's good. I enjoy it, you know. Um, I enjoy some of the kind of detail aspects of it. Um, and then on top of that, if it's international, then, you know, I'll usually tack on a few weeks or whatever to the trip, and it, it kind of... It's been a, an amazing way to be able to travel the world without... Uh, having to, you know, take time, try to take time off work or like, you know, where you're not necessarily needing to expend the same kind of costs because you're already get the plane tariff covered or whatever. Right. So I've been able to see a lot of things in places that I never would have been able to see if I didn't, if I wasn't doing this, this job. And that's been awesome because, you know, travel is probably my, my, favorite thing to do music and travel great it's just (laughs) wonderful that's what always drew me to to uh touring as well that was that was a huge part of life back uh back in the 90s and 2000s yeah well probably makes you a cool ass person you know there's something funny to that um and i was talking to a guy last night actually about this who who also is a drummer as well and had had a has had sort of a similar um trajectory in a way played in a lot of bands in the 90s and and um and we were just talking about the fact that there's a certain thing about touring that only a small section of the population ever gets to go and do you know because i mean a not everybody's in bands and and then from just being in a band to actually taking that to a point where you're going to go and do the road and you know i was going to go to music school and um And, uh, and I, I was in, I was, went to college for one week and then I went on the road with this band and kind of never looked back. And I feel like, you know, all the experiences that I've had on the, on the road and, you know, all the problem solving you have to do and all, I mean, there's, you know, so many things related to like business and 
all of that, that it's a really interesting education. And, and it, I definitely feel like there's, that's a, a big chapter of life, you know, that it's, not a lot of people get to do. Yeah, and I think it's um, the... Chills you out opposite. some, too. It chills you out, and I think you got the opposite. At, like, one of the biggest things I think you learn, and this is, of course, just my opinion, mm-hmm. but um, of that kind of education, of traveling a lot and learning a lot, by doing things and doing lots of different things, yeah. seeing lots of different places versus what the, like if you have like a standard education experience and like go to college or grad school, any combination of those. Yeah. I feel like, um, you, you become, you, you learn how to be more adaptable. Yeah. Um, and that there's value in adapting and there's value in not knowing everything or thinking that you know everything, you know, or thinking that you have to some quali like some certificate you, you get means right. you're more qualified than somebody without. It just makes you look at the world. I think with more of an open mind, right. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I, I, like, as I'm saying that I'm like, education can open up your mind too, but I feel like, well, I feel like the system is designed to kind of, put people in job, like make them better workers and not Definitely. question. <laughs> I think it's important to question why you're doing yeah, yeah. what you're doing. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I've, uh, I think that's, I think that's a difficult, uh, pill to swallow for a lot of people depending, but you know, you're, you're very right in that. It's like, there's a, there's a training aspect to, you know, taking the path of going to college and not to, denigrate that because education's great but um unless you sort of also combine that with some sort of worldly knowledge and and, and some sort of um uh yeah questioning or or uh, whatever the word is that i'm looking for that would be better in that sentence um <laughs> but but you know yeah it's like that that's the part where you where you'll really get the important juice you know yeah um and, and I, I, you know, I was just talking about this too. It's like, I don't know, based on freedom has become like a really important thing to me. And by freedom, I just mean being able to actually like make the decisions in your life as to, you know, when you want to work and when you want to play and how that, you know, all fits together. And, um, and so, you know, over the last few years, I've had some offers for, different jobs where, you know, where I go and work for a company, make, you know, a good living, but it's just, I don't know what, what kind of thing it would take to stop me from being able to have the, the control basically where I can say, you know what, I'm not going to take that job. I'm going to, you know, do this instead. And, and, uh, there's, there's something so freeing in that, that, um, I, I don't, I, I don't think I would want to go back to working for anybody else. Yeah. And I'm a real shitty um, uh, taskmaster sometimes, too. So, you know, but uh, my, my boss is a jerk uh, some of the time. But, but he's also, you know, he's fairly forgiving and he likes to drink, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> 
But um, yeah. So what do you do? So what do you do mainly in the way of like audio visual? I'm mostly a front of house um, audio engineer, um, and you know it's mostly for events and things like that. Different different stuff. Um, <clears throat> uh, a lot of different show corporate shows and things like that. But um, you know that's something that's been interesting too. Like I've over the years when you start out you kind of find yourself having to take gigs that you don't necessarily want to do and you know and that can be difficult now i've kind of gotten to a point where i can choose a little bit more and so i try and um be uh you know more judicious with my with my choices so i don't find myself um you know in uh, doing sound for something i don't uh, support or, or, or at least, you know, strongly disagree with. Um, but I certainly, you know, don't, I, I get, it's pretty hard to like, uh, be angry at, at people in the business who do because it's a, it's, you know, they need to make a living. Yeah, yeah. You got to make a living. It's difficult. And it's, it's hard to, it's hard to find yourself doing anything, making a living where, you know, on some level it doesn't lead to, you know, we were talking about the, water the other day or just earlier you know where it's like ah, i'm gonna try and avoid some avoid nestle products and then you know you look at the back of your poland springs bottle and realize oh yeah okay. let alone like every other every like other, other thing you yeah think of the to toilet paper that you didn't re- yeah it's yeah. like <laughs> it's that stuff is pretty insane yeah and, and then and then you have amazon where then you can buy like the responsible toilet paper, but then yeah, <laughs> it's Amazon, and that's like a whole interesting thing because there's it's Amazon, like it's like a it's a monster, yeah. like and it's also changing everything. It's like what am like yeah. what are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in it's order very to, very difficult to avoid the beast. I don't know how uh, at this point. I don't, yeah, I don't think you can pretty much, like, unless you... Unless you find a way to be off the grid, exactly. but that's really hard. Um, you know, it's, it's hard, to, like, it's even hard for people who get off the grid to stay off the grid because they'll get sued by, you know, whatever township they're close to or whatever that they're not know, using the right power or, you know, they're not allowed to have a, a solar power on their land. Like, it's, it's insane. So it's uh, almost impossible to be off the grid, even if you are off the grid. Yeah, yeah. And then, so then it's like almost definitely impossible to be off the grid if you're living in New York City. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, you're 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 gonna be using all those products, and somebody, somebody somewhere is uh, suffering in the name of you know some shit that you're doing that you didn't mean to be doing, but you know, yeah. <laughs> it's. It's difficult to to navigate, you know. Um, I try and be conscious of those things as much as I can, and then I completely, you know, drop the ball in all sorts of areas. But and then I sort like I believe like the idealist in me believes, but I also think it's the only thing you can do is to remember that like the small things matter. Yeah. Like, and the most important small thing I think you can do is just kind of be kind and like respectful to people that's big yeah absolutely you know what i mean because hopefully that has a ripple effect yeah and then it's like also that includes sometimes standing up to like bullies when you see them in your own community because it's easy to do it um at the orange bully on tv yes um yeah it's 
Well, it'd be much harder to do to his face, but that yeah, would, you know. it's easy. No, I'm saying it's easy to do it when somebody's on TV. Yeah, to, like, absolutely. Call them out. It's easy yeah. to call out people online, all that. And also, trolling. even with if, with calling out, I think when stuff happens, to learn is your goal to call out or is your goal to like help the situation, help make the situation a better situation, you know. Um, yeah. Well, we so and, the person actually hears you. And given what's going on now, you know, in the sort of partisan age we're in, um, in this country, it's that's a that's a challenging thing. I was, you know, I was in the South recently, and I was at this bar, and and everybody there was a, you know, was a, a Republican, and. You know, I, I I was struggling to. I met a few people, and you know, they were really nice. And I and I, I was struggling to like, do I broach this? Do I like? So I sort of said, why not? And I started having a conversation with this couple that um, you know, I'd been playing pool with the guy, and and they were really, you know, they were really great people. Um, you know, and we had some very fundamental <laughs> differences in terms of, of our viewpoint on things. But uh, I, I was trying to, you know, not make it about starting a fight or, you know, disagreeing or anything like that. And just trying to, like, get to a place with them uh, as an experiment of, like, to understand, you know, where they were coming from. It was, it was, an, interesting, it was an interesting exercise because, you know... I don't want to get in fights with it's it's counterproductive to get in fights about this and especially now like you just you, you, more you fight about it in that way like standing up for rights and things like that is one thing um where do you think they were coming like what sense did you get they were coming well from? i think you know from their point of view you know they're like uh they were sort of saying well we don't you know we don't have prejudice against anyone and you know we're i mean don't give a shit if you're black gay you know whatever um we're fine with that you know and i was like well yeah <laughs> but you know when you when you look at what what you're supporting you know it's uh that's not what what gets shown to as a as a public face really you know right. it doesn't you know, and I, and I, and the argument kind of went to, well, they represent these other points of view. And I'm like, well, okay, but you know, it was, it was an interesting discussion, but is I think it, that, but are they saying like the other points of view they do agree with are like financial? Cause that one I also don't get <laughs> like, I'm yeah, like, well, they were not poor people, right? You know, I think the points of view uh, that they were really in support of has to do with, I think the way a lot of people feel where, you know, even though you can tell exactly that this is diametric, diametrically wrong, at least for, from my point of view, that um, that what's going on politically now doesn't represent um, not representative of the government. They're like, just leave us alone and give us our rights to do whatever we want, you know? You know, it occurs to me, because the financial thing boggles my mind. Which part? The the voting against the your own best interest part? Yeah, but even people who, who there are not poor people, right? Like, talking about, like, what you can do to not harm, like, you know, trying to be aware of, like, what products you buy and stuff like that. Right. One of the big fucking things that I think got lost... And like, I don't think it's now we're talking about all this other stuff, but the big 
thing that Bernie was trying to do mm-hmm. is tax the corporations. Right. He actually wasn't trying to tax individuals. I think even his, like the individual tax thing, like that really wouldn't be affected until like you're making over $250,000. Right. Which at that point, like for me, <laughs> who fucking ca- like cares at that point? Yeah. Like at that point, you're on your way to making millions of dollars. Like I feel like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Once you break past 250 a year. Yeah, maybe. Um, um, but I mean, if like if it's from like a business you're starting, that it sounds yeah. like that business is doing better and better, right? Right. Corporations, if there's a way to like have them take on like higher taxes mm-hmm. and people take on less or none, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like. That seems why good. wouldn't every person in America individually like be okay with that? Like if it means that people suffer less, yeah. that's like the equation I think. And like that question of what's your problem with people taxing the corporations? I'm talking to these, you know what I mean? These major corporations. Well, I think what happens is that that affects the bottom line of the corporation, which then affects the shareholders' profits, and that's where that line shows up. And that's why, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but uh, but as, I mean, but I think there's a way they're still going to make money. money. They're oh, still yeah. going to make money. So it's like the shareholders are still making money. You're not actually losing money. That's like the part that like right. It just means you're not going to make as, as much. much. Well, that's that's where we get lost. In but this you're just whole... ma- and that money that you're making is just because you have some fucking deposits in the bank. Like that money you're making is on the backs of everybody. You know what I mean? So you can yeah. still make money, but how about anyway? I agree. No, I mean, I, and I totally agree. And, it's... and and I get that not everybody sees it that way. A so lot of people. That... A lot of people don't. A lot of people see it as you know, just whatever whatever the government's doing, it's there to take advantage or, or take away my stuff. You yeah. know, and so that it doesn't matter how much stuff it is, they're just like, don't take my stuff from me. You know, and you know, and and it's and it's difficult to get past that to have people kind of understand that you know there i think there's a way to do that where you know we we can actually have people not suffering and you have some people who do choose that you know who choose to be you know who not not to say necessarily choose to be poor but make decisions and and that's what the end result is and then you have a lot of people who have no opportunity to get past that right and i mean there's a lot of different stories but i think like the idea that, uh, well, everybody in America has the opportunity to, like, you know, become a Donald Trump or something. Well, we just found well, out. That, that, no, <laughs> that's you don't. hilarious. You have, to have, you have to start with a million. Oh, wait, no, no it's not a million. It's million. 400 million little bonus for yourself. Um, from your dad. 400 million yeah. on top of, like. He was a self made millionaire. <laughs> um, <laughs> and oh, that's, shit. like, the thing, like, because um, the whole argument that giving making it so there's like a basic quality of life for everybody. Yeah. Like without doing anything that that would stop ambition. It's like, I just don't see that. I think there's, there are always going to be people who are more ambitious than others. And I think that that's okay. Yeah. That's as it should be. Yeah. Not everybody should be the chief. Not everybody, you know what I mean? Like 
Not everybody has to be anything. Yeah. Somebody could just be the lazy motherfucker, and that's all right. That's fine. Because you want to be the lazy motherfucker, like, doesn't mean I want to see you die and suffer. Right. Like, that's my thing. Like, I'm like, you can be the lazy motherfucker, and, like, I like that, actually. Yeah. Like, I like if it's competition by choice. Like, that's fucking great. Like, let's go. Like, us that want to go. It's interesting. And, you you know, you can also understand uh, from people's point of view that that uh you know when it comes to like you know they're they have like a uh, uh the what i forget what it's called but it's basically like the sort of living wage that um uh they they give people in in certain scandinavian countries and that seems to be working to some degree or another um and it seems to be working pretty well you know and but you can understand why somebody who's you know worked worked their butt off to like bring home money for their family and maybe they're doing decently or, you know, in the case of a lot of, a lot of uh, people who are kind of felt disenfranchised and why we have what we have. Um, But then it's like, so that person who's working their butt off and they feel like, yeah, I've been working my butt off. Right. Well, well, it's always if very... all of a sudden their healthcare is like right, <laughs> like they don't have to like it's like okay now you're working now now that money you're bringing in is extra money you're bringing in right so fucking enjoy enjoy your life yeah I, I think that and then well the, their thing is that well and it's gonna be gonna be taxed and you know <laughs> and but the the you know you can understand how that how that comes about but the problem is and where it becomes very short sighted is that. You know, what about that moment when you lose your job or whatever else? Like, you don't, you want to have, shouldn't there be something that helps people out where, where that situation occurs? And why would, you know, instead of funding that, we'll fund a couple more uh, F-35s or whatever, you know? I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, I I feel... uh, I I feel like I I always have to add a little bit from uh, as a devil's ad- advocate because I don't personally understand it, but I would be remiss to think that I'm just you know that I know everything about right. it or anything. I mean I have I don't have a relationship to um, <clears throat> to coming from a different point of view, uh, but I try to have an open mind about it to try and because it's confusing to me how you know. It's not really confusing as to how we kind of how we got here, as it is confusing as to how people don't see, you know, certain aspects of what are going on. And people argue with me on the other side, on the other side too. Well, you know, Trump has got the unemployment rate down to the lowest it's been in 50 years, or whatever that new thing is. And you know, and and great. There's a lot of things that are going to come out financially great in the next little while. And then, but it's all short-sighted. It's all short-term, you know. Like yeah. This tax plan is just insanity, <laughs> you know. It's like three, three trillion. Is that what the thing yeah. is? Three trillion dollars. It's just what, what the hell? But um, you know, I don't know. I was listening to a podcast uh, earlier today that was, um, <clears throat> uh, they were talking a lot to to like never trump republicans and people who've kind of come over and changed their tune on the on the uh on the right is really interesting one of the ones i was listening to so it's kind of in my mind <clears throat> so you know because i know you you do think about this stuff a lot and i think you probably think about it in 
like, well, because you travel, you think about it from a macro and a personal level. As far as like, you know, you live in New York, a place like Pine Box, it's pretty much a lot of people have a similar worldview, especially Absolutely. if you've been here for a while. Yeah. But you get some variance, and sometimes you get there's some very interesting conversation, and there's some very interesting uh, views. <laughs> um, we're, yeah, we're gonna talk about this a little bit, but just the flat Earth thing, right? At that point, do you have an open like I I have an open I have an open mind thus far, and I think you're kind of like me on this. Yeah, I am almost a hundred percent sure. <laughs> That the world is not flat. Yeah. Now, the only reason I'm saying almost is because I think, I think it's like for me, I value the idea that I do not know everything and maybe we know nothing. Maybe we're well, in a simulation. Subjective reality. Like if right? we get, yeah, you know. if we get there, this could all, all be a dream. Sure. That is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in which case, who knows? Everything we know about science could be wrong, sure. whatever. Sure. But then that's like, this is. <laughs> That level of, uh, that's how much I don't believe that the, the world is flat. You know, uh, yeah. Well, me, me also. Uh, but, you know, I, I think everybody's entitled to their opinions about things. And, you know, they're going to uh, think what they, what they want to think, you know. Um, personally, I, I, I would disagree. And I think that. If I just sit on a beach and watch a sunset, I can show you all the different yeah. ways in which that could prove it. But, you know, I feel like when I'm on a plane, how the plane is always kind of, it seems like the nose is like up a little bit. Oh, sometimes. there's a whole, and... there's a whole thing about that. that... <laughs> <laughs> but for me, in my perspective, right. and my perspective is that the world is round. When I'm on a plane, I'm gonna be on one early in the morning tomorrow. Right. Um, like, from my perspective, the way we're flying makes sense. Like, I can see it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like I can see the curve also when I'm looking when at you're the at sky 30, and the land. Feet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It occurs to me that way too. It's it's uh, like I feel like the clouds curve. also like kind of have yeah. a curve to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that said, like your thoughts on the world and everything else, um, do you like write or do you like social media? Do you do, um, do you like share your views anywhere in particular? You know, I, uh, I kind of around this time last year, I sort of removed myself from, I mean, I didn't remove myself from social media. I just stopped doing it. stopped engaging and stopped checking i was never into twitter uh i i don't quite understand now i kind of understand why but or why why what it's what it is um but i never really did that and um same same really with instagram except for my toilets of europe series that i, I next time i'm back there i'll see if i can find more but uh maybe i'll do a gallery showing of that with those sometime but um, but then, you know, with Facebook, it just became such a, everything was a rant yeah. and I was guilty of doing that too. And then, you know, but at, at some point I just, the reason I have those things now is really just to stay in touch with friends yeah. that I have around the world where it's just, you know, it's kind of easier to go, okay, well, who's in, 
you know, Berlin right now or who's in wherever at whatever time. And that, that's, that's really the best part about it. Otherwise, I think I'd probably just get rid of it because, you know, I, I don't, I, I think it's at one point it, it served a really great purpose. And then, you know, like many things that human beings do, it's like, yeah, we made something cool. Let's wreck it. You know, it's just kind of how it, how it seems to go. And I, you know, you just look at how people behave on those platforms and how like just crazy, the, the crazy shit that people say to each other, like just, you know, that they'd never say to each other in person. Yeah. You know, you just like listen to these and especially with like the, the political uh, climate, the way the, the things I was watching happening there, I was just like, wow, I just have to take my head out of this because I remember so like the nuts. one of the big ones like was, oh, I'm going to have to break up with my family members that voted for Trump. And it's like, yeah, like my mom's side of the, my mom is like she's I'm flying out to support her tomorrow because she's her case is happening right now in Minnesota for direct action against uh, climate change. Uh, she's one of the tar sands. Wow, that's like a whole other thing. But wow. she's, so she's like one of my heroes. You know, yeah. she's a, as far as like being a good person who stands by your principles, she's like, there's nobody more important to me than her. Yeah, that's um, great. That's, she's awesome. That's cool. Um, my dad is like more of a Democrat um, more like standard Democrat. Yeah, my yeah, mom's sure. white, my dad's black. Um, so my mom's family, a lot of them, they're like in the Tacoma, Puyallup, um, Sumner, um, and yeah. Olympia areas. Right. I so know, outside I know it well. Given yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> um, which Tacoma is probably, I'm, I'm sure, similar to Seattle, but probably actually traditionally more Republican than yeah, Seattle. Yeah, probably a little, yeah. Um, and pretty much everywhere outside of Seattle in general, yeah, is more Republican. Yeah. And I know that, like, my grandma was a Republican. I know a lot of, like, my aunts and uncles are on that side of the family. Yeah. And I also know that when my dad was and mom were still married, they were always super cool with my dad. I know also that they love me and my little brother very much. Yeah. And, and I know that dichotomy of like voting against your own interest and people, you know, who have black family members and love them. And, and it's never even been a thing. Yeah. Probably some of them voted for Trump. Now, with the love that they've always shown me, despite yeah. our differences and despite the differences in society and stuff like that, who am I if I turn like... I'm going to cut off my family now yeah. because of this. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't agree with their decisions. Sure. Um, I'd love to have those conversations and stuff like that. But yeah, that Facebook, that's something I don't think you would even say in a conversation. Like people are saying things on Facebook that I don't even think they would say just in conversations with groups of people. Yeah. Um, because it's different. Like when you bring, like if you have a group discussion you, it just doesn't get as nasty usually as yeah. on Facebook because you can put your thoughts out there. Well, you're also, you're in a, you're in a totally different dynamic. You know, it's like you can just put words down and they, and there's no contact 
for for you to be dealing with in terms of the other person you know i mean that's like why it's um, it's easier to write a, an angry worded letter than it is to go down to the place and yell at them and yeah <laughs> you know yeah um it, but but yeah i mean that's that's the thing and i think that's like a really difficult thing about you know what's happened right now especially because you know one side is actively uh, trying to just sow more and more divisions, you yeah. know? Um, and I, I mean, of course, like anyone on, <laughs> on uh, uh, coming from that side, uh, will argue that the left is doing exactly the same. Right. Now, well, there, there is a, something to be said to say that, you know, uh, one, one has to kind of watch oneself a little bit with, uh, with that too, because you do get, faction situations kind of going on 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 either side regardless but uh i think uh, well, using one, that other word fact is kind of a and one one concept. thing i agree with on both sides that both sides make the accusation of is there are a lot of corrupt ass politicians yeah oh um, yeah so i'm like let's have that fucking conversation right yeah because so it's like the blue wave thing it's like i don't care about the blue wave necessarily mm-hmm. unless it's if if it's like Beto, um, if it's like Julia Salazar or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, right. um, if it's these people that are really coming with like fresh new progressive ideas. Yeah, that's gonna be and that aren't bought and paid for already by yeah. like lobbyists. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm for. But everybody, like all the corruption that's happened on both sides and people being bought and paid for. Yeah. I think it's, it's not only that it paved the way for Trump. Uh huh. It's to blame for why he's able to do so much damage right now because there's so little integrity. Yeah. No, that's uh, because you, you wonder, you look at some of these senators and, and, and congressmen, um, you know, on both sides, but you know, so, I mean, uh, it's unfathomable to see some of the positions that they're, that Republicans are taking, uh, you know, it's every day. I'm just more like, oh, okay, right. You've just completely <laughs> given up all your principles that you've talked about for years. You know, yeah. and I think that's what's happening with many of the, the these sort of never Trump people. Um, you know, guys like David Frum and um, Rick Wilson, and you know, people who are, you know, generally strong supporters of people like Bush and so on, but they're just like, what the hell? Like every sense of decorum and everything that, that, you know, like that party's always been the party of, I mean, the amount of shit they gave Clinton and, you know, and this guy has done worse and more. But it's like, this is the price of deregulation. So you got to take some responsibility because overall that's like one of the Republican things is deregulate, deregulate. That's kind of in line with the whole philosophy. And it's like, you need just just like what you're saying. Like even if you're doing fine right now, what happens if you lose your job? You get right. injured. What happens? Yeah. You know, are you going to be fine? Um, because especially if you're injured and stuff, now you have medical bills. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you have, have medical, medical bills insurance, on but top of. But now, you know, <clears throat> it's not covering everything, and you're not working, so you're not right. making enough. You're you know, deregulation <laughs> leads to. Uh, compounding disasters when bad things happen because yeah. there's no protections anymore. Right. 
Right. You know? And that's that's the thing. I mean, Nobody's I think it's, accountable. it's just a short-sighted way of looking at life. If you're like, my stuff, my thing, without, you know, it's just not an empathetic way, in my in my viewpoint anyway, that, you know, if you're looking at things from, from not to say like, a, uh, from a self-preservationist point of view, you're forgetting about what happens when you can't preserve yourself any longer, you know? Yeah. And, and that's... That's that's the part. It's like I don't want other people taking my stuff. Well, you know, okay. So are you going to be okay with, you know, dying because you 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 can't pay for your medical bills because you had an accident, lost your job, and you know, like yeah, that's a part of it. Like I feel like there's a wall there that people don't make the second, you know, they don't jump past that first thing of they took our jobs or whatever, you know, whatever the chant may be, you know, and. And that's, you know, that's something to think about, you know, even further down the line to just think of like, what are we as, what are we as a society in the Western world? What is, you know, what does it really mean? I mean, you know, I think, I think everything that's going on right now, I don't know how we turn this into a political discussion. <laughs> it happens. It's just going to happen, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's it's important to look further than to like have more of a long view um, about about what's about what's going on right now because, you know, I mean, I just was reading something today that, um, you know, that if if something pretty massive doesn't happen about with, with regards to climate change by twenty thirty, we're gonna be fucked completely yeah. fucked. Yeah, you know? and. What's also crazy about that is that's what scientists have been saying for years, years. my entire life. Like yeah, pretty much. And when I was in grade school, pretty much um, like, you know, I was growing up in the Northwest. I ended up at a school called Orca, which was, you know, everything that it sounds like. Right. Um, <laughs> there was like a greenhouse and a garden. This is a Seattle public school. Right. And this is in Columbia city. And like this, was like crack era in Seattle. Right, right. And that was one of the areas. Mm -hmm. um, but the school was was there because it's in the Northwest. And um, yeah, man, like from what I remember <laughs> is they were saying then that this was like a problem of my lifetime. Like that, right. that you might well, not started be able to live as, to be 100. Right. Like that was the... It started out as the ozone layer and we pretty much fixed that. That's the crazy part. So because the world got together and, you know, limited CFCs and like it actually, we more or less sorted that or got on the level of sorting it. And this is just and the denial level. And now we're dumping wastewater like into the rivers again. Like for no reason. For no reason. <laughs> like, for no reason. Let's let our coal company... Like what so the hell? crazy. Yeah, it's pretty... Uh, it's it's pretty crazy and you know being that america is supposed to be the the leader and this is kind of you know this is where we're at i mean just you can just kind of hope that that we can uh, get back to some i mean like the thing that's so crazy about all that especially about the deregulation for and allowing dumping into rivers and lakes like just from the standpoint of like even if you didn't believe in climate change and thought there was nothing you could do about that, you do believe in having your rivers and like water clean and like, you don't want, 
it's just so insane, you know, in the name of profit, just to, you know. But I think, you know, you've got so many people in Washington that are bought and paid for, and that's, that's going to be a huge part of it. I think it's really great to see, like, people like... Um, uh, Ocasio Cortez, is that her? Alexandria Ocasio. Ocasio Cortez, yeah. yeah. Uh, to see people like that, you know, coming out and actually like getting seats, and you know, I think I think you'll have a combination of the two. It's going to be interesting to yeah. see what happens in you know in more red states. That's going to be where it's going to matter a lot. And I'm just like, on some of them, I'm I'm even like, man, if there's some. It's not on my thinking, but if there are some fiscally conservative Republicans who don't, you know, have a different agenda than me yeah. and what I believe in, but they have a real piece of shit Republican and they want to fucking run against them. I mean, that's not for this time, but yeah, just going forward, like, I just want better people in there. Yeah. I feel like yeah. there's a lot of garbage. Just a lot of garbage. And a lot of garbage that ha- have have special interests that are behind them yeah. where, you know, it's not, they don't even, you just would, you kind of look at it and you watch how some of these people are acting and you're kind of like, what do they have on you? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it almost seems like everyone has got some P tapes because they do though. But <laughs> it's like do. it's financial, right? A lot of it's yeah. corruption. It's and it's like they're right. all yeah. Isn't corruption allowed now though? Yeah, like <laughs> like right, it like is basically out in the open. Corruption is, it is. okay now. Can That's I, where it's like you know, um, like all you can do is try to be a better person. And, yeah, and and be active, activate and you know, be a part of it however you can. Yeah. In, in whatever way you do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I usually ask people uh, where to find them on social media or anything, but... Um, <laughs> I don't want anybody fucking yeah. me up <laughs> Do you... Uh, is there a favorite um, album or anything that you've been a part of? Um, Maybe I'll put a link to that. Um, well, you can check out... Uh, why don't we just put up, like... Uh, so, uh, stevewaite.com. I think it's Steve Waite. S-T-E-V-E-W-A-I-T-T. And, uh, and then Lowry, uh, which I think is Lowry Music. And then everybody knows yours, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, I, I've, I've been proud of the music I've I've, I've made over the last bunch of years and and it's been uh, you know it's been a it's been a lot of fun a lot of experiences that you know you just you're like really did that happen (laughs) but uh, but anyway yeah I mean I guess as far as uh, those things go that that would be uh, that would be and you can get a hold of me through those people too yeah (laughs) but uh, Steve will be releasing an album really soon and uh, I know Alex released an album uh uh, recently too or last year I guess it was but um, anyway yeah cool man um, I had a great time talking with you yeah man is there anything else you want to talk about um, not specifically I'm really hungry so I'm gonna go get some food I think nice <laughs> but um, but yeah man no I was I, I was kind of wondering like what we would end up talking about but um, but it's been uh, it's been fun so yeah I wasn't yeah. too I wasn't too worried about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, there's always like something. it's an interesting thing though because you're not promoting anything in particular, right? But yeah. I know you, and you're an interesting 
I'm just promoting love each other and be empathetic to each other and um, <clears throat> and uh, and uh, don't do anything don't do anything I wouldn't do or would do which is it I don't know you decide <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a final good last words I don't so, know why I said that all out of order <laughs> but, I, but I did it's all good all right cool well, cool yeah that was fun yeah Cheers. thank you bro you bet so that was my conversation with Crash. Um, you can check out the links to Lowry and Stephen Waite music and the show notes for this page, um, as you can for all of them, on BushwickVarietyShow.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's been a great first uh, 50 episodes for me. Um, thank you for listening. I look forward to 51 to 100, growing and improving, um, organizing some things differently, but yeah, just keeping going with it. Keep uh, Let me know what you think. If you like it, please subscribe, rate, review, and share. Uh, or shoot me a note. Let me know what you think. Um, thank you for listening as always. Do your thing, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Mm-hmm.